Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. Can we get that guy kicked out of here, please? He's touching me inappropriately. Uh, my name's Aaron Kemp. That is Will Muir. And how are you going tonight, Will? I am really good, buddy. How are you? Good. I don't know how many more stripper uh, comments I'm going to be able to fit into this intro, but I'm going to roll with it. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. We are early I'm on. I have to keep trying to roll with it. You're going to have to dig into the kit bag to get some stuff out there, but I like it. We are into the ACC on this particular, what are we, Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Um, so let us dive right in. We've been blowing the top off the uh, the timeframes here with the SEC. Last episode went for way too long. Interesting conference, don't get me wrong, um, but they get enough coverage. So let's be real brisk through the ACC. You're the questioning guru um, of tonight. Um, any quick thoughts from the top before we get into it? Look, I 100% agree. I think this is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a who cares conference. So we can certainly run through good, it, good really. Not, good not give it. The, now, look, the ACC this year is full of some really good quarterbacks. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think, I think yes. there are the, the quarterback plays top-notch, or I'm expecting it to be. I'm, I'm quite excited about a number of the quarterbacks that you've got coming up there. Outside of that, I think it's also good that Clemson don't have the stranglehold or or potentially don't have the stranglehold that they have had previously going into the season. So last year was a bit more surprising. They didn't win it. Pitt picked it up. Um, so I think it's more of an open slate, and that's what we want. We want some parity around the place and, and what we can have here. Do I think Clemson are still a very good team? Absolutely, I do. But I think for me, quarterback play, a bit more parity, the things that stand out. What about you? You are our ACC guy. What, what are your thoughts overall heading into this year? Yeah, I think uh, it's similar. Quarterback's very strong. Uh, Clemson, it'd be interesting to see where they get to. But I think there's some better play all around particularly in the Atlantic it sort of feels like they're more of the dominant conference at the moment and that the coastal is is down a little bit but you've got potential again for some bigger name teams to sort of come through here a little bit um, and I say bigger name teams there's just not the star power there and, and, and as long as Florida State are down which I think they will be again you're just losing and lacking punch from the conference and you need somebody else to bridge that gap you know, is it going to be NC State? Is it going to be Wake Forest? Is it going to be Miami? Like, who's going to take that step up? And and who's going to really maybe, you know, even establish themselves as a real power moving forward? And that's what the ACC has been craving for years, particularly as we get into conference realignment. Um, but maybe all that team is doing is making themselves more attractive to other conferences when this whole thing goes down. Um, now, I've kind of I have set a precedent last week. I did a bit of uh, mottos for the Pac-12, so I've got some ACC ones for you as well. So I want you to tell me what you think. Here we go. You ready? Okay. The ACC. We have teams that used to be good. I mean, who who used to be good? Well, like Florida State, they've won national championships. Miami yeah. have won national championships. Yeah. Clemson have won national championships. I mean, I, they you probably still argue that they still are good, but okay, yeah, yeah I see what you're going for. You're playing the history angle. Uh, okay, not bad. Number two, the ACC. Thank God for Clemson. I mean, that is certainly something that you could have been preaching for quite some time. Like that <laughs> one, you could have been uh, been run the last ten years. Okay, and lastly, the ACC, where it feels like Duke and North Carolina play each other four times every year. 
Oh, imagine that. Well, that's just sort of what it feels like, though. It's like Wake Forest are playing North Carolina, and you're like, I'm, I'm sure they've played already. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have played already. Yeah, there are a few of those teams that you just kind of get a lot of similar vibe about, don't you? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's all the black, the dark unis. Um, all right, let's not hang around here. Um, not too much news uh, at the moment happening. So uh, camp can't be too far away. What are we now? Like the 3rd of August... I don't know when camp goes in. We've Must got be football like, this month. It's got to be now, right? Yeah, like football yeah. is happening but this month. They are on the clock, so um, yeah, twenty days away. No, yeah, twenty-ish days away. Twenty-third or twenty-fourth, something like that, um, for week zero. So yeah, it's all happening pretty quickly. I'm going to get you kick us off, mate. Where do you want to start? Are we going to start at the top? We're going to start at the bottom. Look, I think we'll start somewhere in between there. I think we want this to be sharp. We want it to be crisp. We want it to be clean. So I'm going to start with Miami, just so that we can oh. get that we can get that one out of the way, and that you can do your rambling, and we can do all of that, and then I won't. I won't ramble. What, okay. Well, you are sharp with these guys because you know them in depth. But I guess for this Miami team, what I'm looking to find out is what's considered good for this team because they've been a bit all over the shop. I, I I don't know where we sit, what our expectations are, and, and how you would mark a successful season for Miami. I don't know either, if I'm honest. They went, what, 7-5 and five last year or something? Um, I don't even know. So that's And that felt good bad. They were pre-season ranked. I, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It did feel bad. Um, but, you know, the injury happened to Derek King, and then you had Tyler Van Dyke come in, and he has sort of established himself very quickly as a, as a pretty prolific passer. Um, and, and you bring Mario Cristobal in. So the, the whole feeling around the team has changed. Uh, recruiting has taken a big tick up. Facilities are getting an upgrade. Their players in the NIL game. He's put a good staff together. Um, you know, he brings Josh Gaddis over from Michigan, who was the best coordinator in the country last year. You bring Charlie Strong in as the linebacker coach. And, and he was, of course, former head man at South Florida and then at Texas. Um, and so, like, he, he's put a lot of dudes uh, in coaching positions. And it feels like the program's just being run by a professional now. There is a, you know, as they say, an adult in the room. So it feels like Mario's doing that. What does that, what does that mean? I, I, I don't know. It, the offense is going to be different. It's not going to be this um, wide open kind of spread offense. You think Gaddis is going to look to run the ball a little bit more. He's got the backs to do it. The O-line was a bit of a disaster. Um, and the defense, uh, particularly along the defensive line, feels pretty average at the moment. So the two lines are the biggest concern, and that's not good. Um, but I think eight to nine wins is pretty achievable, considering Tyler Van Dyke at the quarterback position. You've got running backs that are a good stable um, of, of running backs there. You bring over Henry Parrish from Old Miss, and, and you've got Jalen Knighton, who was good last year, and you've got Chaney coming back off injury. So the depth is there. Um, and then you've got Citizen, who was a recruit last year, and, and he's coming in. So you've got four guys there that can certainly run the ball. Um, but you've got a couple of tough games on the on the schedule. You, you kick off the season with Texas A&M, and you've got Clemson on the road. So, uh, yeah, eight, eight win- like if they can get seven with Manny Diaz, you feel like eight, nine with a bowl win. That's 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 a pretty good season. I think I think they would take that, and then you know looking to really push that into uh, conference championship games next year. I would like to pressure a bit more on that or in that as like, I think you're just being a bit soft there. I think honestly this year, the coastal division with where it's at, success is winning that. 
I don't think you need to win the ACC, but I think you need to win the Coastal with, with the squad that you've got, with where you're at. Yes, there is turnover. And, and yes, a lot of things that you mentioned around a new program, new facilities, recruiting, that all takes time to come in. And it's not going to be immediate Correct. With, yeah. with what you've got there. So I will give you that. But I just look up and down your roster. You've got playmakers. You've got the ability. You've got a, a quarterback who was really, really good down the stretch in his last six uh, last year I think you've got some genuine all-American candidate players uh, on the offensive line in Zion Nelson on the defensive line uh, you've got a big boy there in mm. Leonard, Leonard Taylor, Taylor. yeah I he's mean, I mean th- these guys are true difference makers so if Mario Cristobal is th- worth something as a, as a game day coach because it is different running a program and, and, and being a game day coach but if, if he can live up to expectations there I think you guys win the Coastal and I think that's what where expectations should be for yourself and, and the fan base no doubt but you know in previous episodes I've talked about the impact of changing a coach and that does have an, I think that costs you a game um, I'm saying that I'm saying that you know the roster whilst it looks good in terms of number of four stars and five stars, and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, just in terms of there are differences in four-star players. Um, You know, Miami got a lot of those lower four-star guys. So are they true difference makers? Not necessarily. So yes, you've got the quarterback. I, I, I agree with you. I think people will be hoping for the coastal, but people have been hoping for the coastal for a lot. And, um, they've struggled to hit that probably eight wins nine wins might do it anyway so you're probably getting there on that um and and the other thing i would say is yes the coach costs you a game just with the transition but mario diaz has uh, mario diaz mario cristobal that is a bad combination mario cristobal has been known to drop games and his game day coaching has always come under fire because of that one rank loss that Oregon always seemed to produce year in, year out when they didn't need to. They'd drop a game to Cal, they'd drop a game to Oregon State. He's probably doing that again this year. So that's probably costing him a couple as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I feel very good. Arrow definitely pointing up for the program. I'm excited, but I'm also um, patient and I'm just wait and see. I don't want to you know, blow the lid off too much yet because I've done that in the past and it's been ugly. You know those graphs that you, you often see the images of like, you know, fan base gets hope and then, you know, it does well and then crushing defeat and misery, yeah. like that that circle. That It's very much the way. And I like, I like <laughs> where you're at. I, I like how, where you're at currently on that chart because you're in the happy one, you're optimistic, yeah. things are looking good. Yeah, you got good. hope. Hope exactly. at this point. And, exactly. and, and that's what you, you got to have that every few years because otherwise it's a <laughs> shit sport. Uh, All right, where to next? Well, let's jump across the other side. Let's talk the rivals there. Florida State now. So program that has been just a, a shit show. And like <laughs> th- this last four years has been shocking to the point where you forget how good this team was. The fact that they won a national championship within the, la- the last decade. Mm-hmm. They've won a national championship. They were competing in playoffs regularly. They were a good football program. They have been so bad that you forget all about that and you think that this is just an absolute joke. So a lot of this needs to fall on the head man, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think the question there is, is Mike Norvell, is he actually a good coach? And will he be able to do enough for them to avoid 
what would be a third losing season and surely an exit for him. Yeah, I, again, I mentioned this last week in the uh, in the SEC episode, just around the fact that I, I don't think he's had everything his own way. I think he was a very good coach coming over from Memphis, but things just didn't get off on the right foot with COVID and all those sorts of things. But they clearly aren't a superpower anymore. And the fall from grace, as you mentioned, has been incredibly swift. Um, they have got talent. They... Again, they're not uber talented. I know a lot of people think that like, oh, Florida State, they've recruited really well. And yeah, they recruit okay. But it's not on the level of this upper echelon that you would expect in years past. Um, and they are in on track for four losing seasons as a school in a row. I said, watch out when you fire Jimbo Fisher and it's been a disaster ever since. In fact, in the last 41 years between 1977 and 2017, they had zero losing seasons. They've had four in a row since then, which is absolutely unbelievable. Shows the credit of how good they were over that period. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know that they do. I, there's nothing to suggest that they're going to be any better than what they've been in years past. The offensive line was a disaster last year. I don't think it's going to get any better. The running game uh, that Mike Norvell was so known for at Memphis has struggled to kick into gear, and they lose their best two runners from last season. Um, receivers should be okay, but Jordan Travis is meh as a passer. Um, he's good and dynamic in, in the run game, but yeah, he's on the hot seat, and, and I think... Uh, if he doesn't go, it's not because he avoided that third straight losing season. I think they struggle again. Okay, and I think that's fair with a lot of what you've said there. I think Jordan Travis is is the wild card for these guys. If he can show progression, because he, he did seem to get better as the year went on last year, and if he can continue that trajectory then he will be able to win games himself. He's, he's got that talent there. They've brought in some interesting players through the portal at the receiver position to support there, and no real true known quantities, but some, some athletes. And if those guys can show out too, there's potential there. I think defensively, they took a big step forward last year. They weren't great, but it was a massive improvement from the year before. And if they can continue on that again, then that'll help them get to that bowl game and, and what they've got going on there. And you've nailed it on the head. The run game needs to be better. They need to generate more of that. That needs to be effective. That's how this team is, is going to unlock more wins there. So if, if they can answer those things, then it, it's possible. I just yeah, I just think like you've got NC like if you look at the schedule, you've got NC State, Wake Forest, are good Clemson. They're not going to beat them. You've got Miami, yeah, that's at home. Um, you've got Florida, among other things. Like, that's not an easy run. You know, BC can be frisky. Like I, I just think it's it's gonna Louisville are gaining a lot of momentum. So it's I think the Atlantic is going to be tight and Florida State. I cannot afford to have down weeks and and they've shown time and time again that Mike Norvell maybe isn't the guy to get these this team and this school and this current batch of players moving we heard about the toxic nature of the players um, around Willie Taggart and his single year there and the kind of guys that he recruited and 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 that kind of exodus and and the ability to flush that out of the, the program still hasn't occurred, I don't think, and, and the, the talent level is not there. 
Um, we've seen them give up in games. I, I just don't have a good feeling about Florida State again. I want them to take a step forward because I like Mike Norvell and it'll be better for the ACC. Um, but I just I don't see it happening. Yes, okay. Let's uh, keep trucking ahead here. Flip back over the other side. North Carolina. So certainly a darling this time last year, uh, but that did not bode well for them. Uh, do you think that they can shake off what was a disappointing season? Uh, and then turn things around and, and really make some waves in the Coastal this year? No, I do not. I think they're going to be really, really average this year. Wouldn't I mean, they're not going to finish bottom because that'll be Duke. But, you know, I think Virginia maybe gets them. Virginia Tech maybe. Like, I think it, they're in that group um, that, that are looking to fight it off a second wooden spoon. But this was last year such a disappointing group. You had another talented Mac Brown team, and he's kind of got a bit of a reputation for this. Is When he has this team coming in with expectations in big spots, they fall short. They were favorite for the division and finished with a losing record. The offense has been gutted at the end of this year. You lose Sam Howe. Two NFL running backs, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, are just mere memories at this point. I know that was two years ago, and then you had Ty Chan the last year. Uh, but that that running machine that you had just has disintegrated completely, and, and now you're expecting new guys to come in. The defense was a disaster last year, um, and Mac Brown bring, brings in Gene Chiswick to the defense and the coaching staff, and his coaching staff starting to look a little bit like Dad's Army over there. So um, certainly some wrinkles, maybe some Botox for those boys, get them all together and, and get them get those injections happening in the forehead. Um, the one big bright spot they've got for this year, Josh Downs, uh, uh, the receiver, he's a, you know possibly in the All-American conversation. I know we've spoken a lot about receivers, Kayshawn Boutte, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Josh Downs is around the mark as well. He's a really, really good one. Um, they just need to find a quarterback. And, uh, you know, this team's got a lot to play out as camp kicks off. Um, the only other positive I think they've got is they've got a cornerback named Storm Duck. And uh, I think that would be good if he could get involved in the year because... Um, you know, make some picks, name. make some plays. The Stormy Duck, um, but <laughs> they won't get to a bowl. Okay, there you have it. Um, do you know how I know I'm getting advanced in years uh, these days? Uh, because Storm Duck wasn't a name when we were growing up. No, it's it's because I hear comments about old people and and kind of you slandering towards old people and it gets my back up a little bit i'm kind of like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> like i'm starting to have a lot more respect for age and, and i think what mac brown has done at north carolina is is you're completely glossing over it yes last year was if 18 disaster. year old will could have heard that comment <laughs> i know right it's i've, I've just you were like it. punching old dudes in like supermarkets and stuff anyway just for fun now, I am one of those old dudes, and <laughs> it, it certainly it's it shifting for me rapidly. Uh, but Mac Brown, I see a lot of myself in him, very similar sort of <laughs> operators. <laughs> I, I, what I'm getting at, and I'm doing a poor job of getting to the point here, is that I think he has done a good job at North Carolina. Yes, last year was terrible, but he did raise the bar for this program from a recruiting standpoint. I think the previous seasons before that, he was doing good. And I'm giving him the benefit of the, the doubt. I think he's going to surprise some this year that, yes, from 
what I see, same as you, it, it's tough to find where it's going to come from. But I'm going to back him in. I'm going to back the hire of Gene Chizik to help out that defense. Uh, and I am going to say that they certainly will go bowling. And I'm thinking eight wins is uh, Whoa. on the cards. That could be enough to win the coast. Mm. All, right. Three in let's, All right, carry on. Let's jump. Let's go Clemson. Let, let's hit the big, the big boys here. Uh, I I think it's a similar sort of deal though, right? Like for Clemson, do we think that they're going to be able to recover from what we would all consider to be a relatively disappointing year last year? Yeah, I mean, it sounds ridiculous that 10 and 3 is disappointing. (laughs) Like there are a lot of teams and I'm certainly a fan of one of them that would kill for a 10 and 3 year. Um, but it did feel disappointing, though, right? Like well, it you, just it ne- you, you pencil them into the playoff every year at the start of the year. Yeah, that's just what that, that's the level that they've taken this program to. And I think part of that was around like DJ Oyunglele, right? You had him come out when um, Trevor Lawrence couldn't play against North, uh, sorry, against Notre Dame two years ago, and he comes out and just sets the world on fire. And then, of course, Trevor Lawrence takes back over and you're like, okay, this kid, when he comes in and starts, he's just going to be the next of a line of quarterbacks at Clemson that is going to wreck shop in the ACC and then get them into the playoff. And he just didn't do that. They were, despite, and I know you're going to love this, he is an attractive, big physical specimen of a man. And he's got all the tools that you would possibly want as an NFL quarterback. But, you know, he's got a big arm, he's a big body, he can run. Uh, but can't see the field, can't make reads, and can't deliver the ball on time. So you need to be able to do those things. Um, and if you can't, think like it, it fell apart in a hurry offensively. They were one of the worst offenses in the a- ACC. Um, so really, really disappointing year for them. Will Shipley is back at running back, um, and he's okay. Got a lot of traction last year. I I think because I don't know why uh, is it because he's Clemson? Is it because he's the only white running back it's in the country? White. It's because yeah. he's white. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's not okay. beat around this. It's because he's white. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, the recruiting along the offensive line and defensive line was still good, and they should be good again. I don't know where it comes from from a wide receiver perspective. I'll be interested to see um, what they produce. They got a couple of deep threat guys, but do they have a consistent chain mover? Not entirely sure. Um, the defense, I think, will still be awesome. They were really good last year. Um, Brian Breesy will be back. Um, and he, providing he can stay healthy, he is a, a weapon. And he'll be like a top five draft pick when he eventually goes. Brett Venables is gone, though, of course. He goes to Oklahoma. So um, I don't know what that means for the defense. We've heard rumors out of Clemson that Darbo Swinney's struggling to adjust to this portal NIL world because he relied on his family environment to be able to kind of hold things together. But, you know, money talks and uh, money's worth more than the family, apparently. So, uh, you know, in this situation, this is a real indicator of is he holding this team together or not? Uh, because I think another 10 and 3, 9 and 4 season might be an indication that Clemson has taken a more substantial and consistent step back. Yes, I, I tend to agree. So what we have seen this year that we haven't seen in the past from this Clemson teams is turnover at the coordinator position. So they, they've done a good job of keeping that coaching crew together. Whilst Alabama kind of have the the rotating door there, Saban gets someone in, 
who has a checkered history or has had, has like had some Alabama tough... reclamation problems, isn't it? <laughs> exactly like right. And, someone who's and then done they, get, they get a sweet power five gig after a season there and, yeah. and probably a national championship. We haven't had that at Clemson. Uh, but no. this year, we've got Venables gone. Uh, we've got Tony Elliott has left to take the job at Virginia. That, that opens up more questions uh, than usual. I think defensively, they're in a good spot because they've got a lot of talent back. They had a good defense last year. They've, they retain a lot of that there. So I think that becomes an easier job for West Goodwin to take over. And I think they'll be okay there. Offensively, though, as you mentioned, um, with Elliott gone, Brandon Streeter taking over there, it becomes about DJU and what he can deliver there. And what they can't afford to do is have a mishap, find out that he's not the guy for them, turn it over to Cade Klubnik, who's five-star, all-world kid that they've got in the wings, but they can't wait for a loss for that to happen. They're not in a luxury position to be able to do that and still walk their way through the ACC. So I think they are certainly back more within the pack. I think the defence keeps them ahead. I still think they're the best team in the ACC, but they're certainly not the dominant force that they they have been previously. Uh, and it's it's going to be fun to see how how they go and and whether the, any of the other programs that are trying to vie for power in the ACC can can really challenge them for it. Yeah, and I don't think I actually even answered your question there, but I I do think they probably recover, but I don't think it will be with any conviction. I think maybe the record's better, but I think we'll still have big question marks around Clemson, um, which is kind of nice in a bit of a way. I don't know, maybe. I'm not sure how I feel about it if I want... I'd still like the ACC to be competitive, of course, and if Clemson aren't doing it, I don't see anyone else doing it. Just quickly on the schedule, Wake Forest, they've got to be on the road. Uh, They've got a little bit of a tough patch here. Wake Forest on the road, then NC State, and then BC. You get three good quarterbacks all in a row. Um, Not necessarily easy places to play. Uh, And I think we're going to know, like you said, we're going to know more about Darbo and, and have they lost touch after those three games. Yeah, I mean, the Atlantic is so much better this year, isn't it? It just yeah, feels yeah. like the, the yeah. teams there are the ones that I really like. And yeah. the coast was kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I guess they could win it with eight Go wins. Go us. <laughs> Go us. Yay. All right. We're let's, here too. Let's stay in the Atlantic then. Let's jump over to NC State. Uh, are they the team that could win the ACC championship? Oh, I mean, after Clemson, they're the winningest team in the ACC over the past eight years, which is crazy to think about because – no one really considers NC State to be particularly relevant, and maybe that's more of an indictment on the conference as a whole. But, you know, they returned Devin Leary. Some people have got him as the third best quarterback in football behind CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but he certainly is an accomplished and experienced quarterback, and you can never downplay that as you're not going to do in your particular predictions because you, sir, love returning starters and returning quarterbacks and returning coaches. So you've got all of those with NC State. So I see that you would really like them. Um, And if Clemson are fractionally down, then this is certainly a real possibility. Uh, But a bit like, you know, some other teams around the country that have probably taken the step up in the last few, or particularly last season, everyone knows they're going to be coming. And the difference between an NC State that's kind of plucky and scratchy last year and talented, but can they deliver and and then beat Clemson? 
there's a difference between that and then having high expectations, which an ACC championship would be the expectation or certainly the goal for this year for NC State. But that expectation and then the pressure to deliver on that expectation can kill a season and kill a team before it even gets going. So Dave Dorian's got a really interesting job on his hands to be able to manage those expectations, get his kids in a good spot for to push NC State into a situation where they're maybe you know, as competitive as they've been in, you know, 10 or 15 years. Yeah, they've been winning, but they're not really, they haven't had the door slightly ajar from a Clemson and Atlantic perspective. Um, Unfortunately, the thing that's really impacting them is, you know, you lose two top 10 O linemen in the draft. Like that's really hard to overcome. Your top two running backs are gone and Amika Mezzi, who was such a consistent wide receiver for them, is gone as well. So offensively, there's a few questions. Can Devin Leary overcome that? Certainly he can and I hope he does. Um, The back end of the defense will be really, really good. If they can get the running game going, like you mentioned, get the running game going and stop the run, I think um, they can certainly do it. They do have a road game at Clemson. Uh, they won that game at home last year, back-to-back wins against Clemson on the road. If they win that, they're probably the best team in the conference. So I am going to say, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take them. I think I'm going to take them because I just tr- that quarterback position, there's more questions at Clemson than at NC State. So, so yeah, give me the Wolfpack. Ooh, there you go. I mean... That's good. I agree with a lot of what you've said there. Uh, I don't necessarily agree that they're the team to win the ACC. Uh, I think the the loss of the tackles, as you mentioned, will, will hurt. Devin Leary, 35 touchdowns, so only five picks last year. He, he can make up for a lot of it. But you, you nailed it in that whole run game problem that they've got. They averaged 3.3 yards carry last year. That needs to be better. Uh, you, you can't put it all on Leary to win you games. Or as you mentioned previously, like you get found out. You can't be one-dimensional. You can't put it all on him. They, they need to get a bit more balance there. Defensively, too, is an area of concern for me in that they were very good defensively last year. They need to continue to play at that level. They can't take a step backwards there. Otherwise, they, they will be back at the, uh, at the pack. So whilst it was strong, I think they're going to have to work hard to continue to maintain that in what could be quite a powerful conference offensively with, with some points uh, across. If, if Clemson can get it together, we know Wake Forest are going to put up points. Um, Florida State, who knows what's going to... Like, I, I just think they need to keep that going there. Um, I agree with most of what you said, but they're not the team for me out of the ACC. I'm picking a roughie here, I think. I think that's what I'm going with. Okay. But yeah, again, they could also go to Clemson and get absolutely clouted, um, and that wouldn't surprise me either. So my team, out of the ACC, not Clemson, not NC State, give me Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. Sam Hartman, my boy. Can he do it again? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, this was the 11th offense in the nation last year. It was all about the offense. Um, Number one this year, baby. Big play team. Um, Best in the ACC on third downs as well, which whilst being explosive, if you can be effective on third downs as well, that's dangerous as a... uh, 
as a team trying to trying to stop that. I think the issue is Sam Hartman, and if he can take these numbers down, 14 interceptions last year was just too many, and they often came in bunches. Sometimes that's an okay thing. If you're going to lose a game, you might as well get all your interceptions out the way in that game. Throw five picks. Done that on NCAA before. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but <laughs> so many times. Uh, and controller through window. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, get him out the way. But he's just got to bring that number down. Halve it. Don't turn the ball over. Um, having said that, you're putting up 41 points a game. You're going to be a numbers and a volume team offensively. That's what you're doing. So, I don't know. Maybe you just take the good with the bad there. I just They can't be in bad spots. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like the turnovers have to be timely. If Wake Forest can make this happen, the turnovers have to be at the right time. And I know that sounds stupid because there's never a good time for a turnover, but you can't turn it over in your own half against Clemson. You can't, you know, when you're going in and you can take points and fumble on the goal line, don't do that. Um, anyway... Uh, pushing on in terms of the receiver position, A.T. Perry is back. He's going to put up numbers. The offensive line returns four starters, so I can see why you're getting excited here. It's all coming together for you. Um, and, you know, offensively, you're going to have to make that happen again. I believe in Sam Hartman. Yes, I'm nervous about the defense. The defense <sighs> was bad last year. Exactly and they, right. They were bad. They just need to be like less bad, and they're a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how good that'll be, but they like to get to where they got to. To get to bad, they relied on turnovers, and we know how fickle turnovers are in terms of their ability to show up year over year over year. So, not a good combination there. I'm concerned about their ability to do anything up front. I don't think they've got the beef. Um, to be able to get pressure on the quarterback or, more importantly, stop the run with only four down linemen. Uh, the interior of that defensive line, I know they bring some transfers in, but they got gashed way too often. You are probably going to be pretty excited because it's September 24th against Clemson. That's when you're going to know um, what the state of these two teams are. The Atlantic Division as a whole may be completely decided on this particular game. Um, so... Can Sam Hartman have a Heisman-type year? Yes. Is he going to need to for them to make the championship game? Absolutely. Will he do that, though? He needs to be perfect. He has to be perfect. And perfection is hard to come by. It certainly is. But picture this a few months from now. 40-plus 40 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions, top 10 draft pick, Sam Hartman. Uh, I, I, I can see it. It's in the realm of uh, He won't be a top 10 draft pick. He won't be a top 10 draft pick. He, I know he's, he's doing good stuff, but he's a volume. He's one of those volume guys. Like, he looks good in the system, um, but... And I'd need to do more depth, in-depth He's, he's dive got a crisp throwing motion. I, I don't know. I, I, I like watching the guy play. He, he stands yeah, I'll say out what, to me. I like watching the Deeks. Give me the Deeks. Hey, I'll take NC State or the Deeks. In fact, that could be the game of the conference, really. So, um, a lot to... juice Some juicy games here in the Atlantic. And, Definitely, and I'm hoping that Wake Forest gets a game day this year too. I don't. That would be sick. That would a whole happened. bunch of people dressed All as that like, often. Whole bunch of people dressed as pilgrims. That's what we want to see. All right, I'm getting lazy now, and I'm just kind of rolling down uh, on the Atlantic side here. So <laughs> let's go, Boston College. Uh, soft spot in my heart. Don't know why. Can't, can't place it, but they are. Um, Good. 
Do you think the final record is going to be six and seven, or will it be seven and six? <laughs> Good. Uh, well, we know that they're just. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. It's a good question because that's just where BC end up all the time, isn't it? Like they, they're just they're fine. They go six and six every year. It feels like it, uh, and I just I they don't recruit at a level. They get those guys that roll through um, that are really really good every now and again. And I can't. They had the two defensive linemen. Well, you're gonna have to help me here, Landry. Yeah, Howard Landry. Maybe was one. And who was the other one? Uh, come yeah. on we've got to be better than this we've got to be we better do. than this get, get back to me on that it's getting late get back to <laughs> yeah it is um, but they so they, they produce these like real excellent players but not um, teams f- or a team full or a side of the ball or even a line on the team that is going to be consistently good um, so I think if it comes down to it again you've got Phil Jakovic at the quarterback position who's done some really good things and is um, you know uh, continually developing and, and, and playing well. And then you've got Zay Flowers, who's a fantastic receiver and, and he could potentially lead the ACC as, as a receiver this year. Um, but this was also a team that was bottom in the ACC in total offense last year. So something about um, the Jeff Halfley experience isn't quite landing just yet. Uh, skill positions, like I said, should be good. You lose four offensive linemen to the NFL. Oof. So that is really, really tough to overcome. Um, and, and again, the defense was pretty solid. So you've got this solid kind of all-round team again. If Jakovic can stay healthy, if Jeff Halfley is a good coach, then you, you're going to finish at 6-6. Six and six. Um, They might be able to squeeze a few teams here and there. I mean, you're the BC guy. You tell me how you think they're going to go. Yeah, I am the BC guy, and you haven't given nearly enough love to my boy Phil Jerkovic here. Uh, I think he is a, a solid prospect who could really continue to shine. I think he's had a few issues staying on the field that's kind of held him back a little bit, but he is a good one, and he will help this uh, team up with Zay Flowers, uh, the wide receiver that they've got there, to create some trouble across the ACC. Like, they're not in the category of your NC States and your Wake Forest that they're going to be competing, but I think they're going to be in most matches that they play. They're going to be competitive. They're going to win some games. They're going to drop some ones too in there. Like, you use that six and seven, seven and six just feels like it's on the cards again, which you want to be able to get out of, especially when you've got a quarterback of the caliber of Djurkovic. I can't see it happening this year. I do agree with a lot of what you've said there, but they, they kind of need to find a way to shake that out. They want it to be seven and six, maybe get to eight wins and then potentially kind of continue to build off of that. Still don't know the defensive line. I'm thinking of Zach Allen. Was he the one? He's not a first rounder. I can't remember who I was thinking of. Me anyway, either, me either. I'm sure there's uh, someone listening out there screaming it at us. Yeah, I'm just, or I've just, yeah. Anyway, let's let's push on. Yeah, I think BC, meh, they'll be okay. They'll shake someone up somewhere, but nothing very similar to last year. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm the one asking the questions here, so I better get to that. Uh, Virginia Tech. <laughs> Virginia Tech, can they capitalise on what's looking like a soft schedule this year? Or do you think they're done as a nationally relevant team? 
I think I think they're done. Uh, we we saw this team ranked in the top ten consistently in what like the early two thousands. I know there was a lot of Mike Vick or in late nineties, early two thousands, and and the Vick family had something to do with that. But the offense sucked last year. Uh, they ran out and trotted out a number of quarterbacks. None were very good. You get Grant Wells come across from his prolific season at Marshall, so he's a really really good quarterback. But apart from him, where are the playmakers? Virginia Tech have never been crazy good at recruiting, but they're lacking just athletes across the board. Their top receiving target returning from last year had 20 catches. And then you've got running backs that are led by Jalen Hoyston, who's a like entrenched senior, and Malachi Thomas, who we don't know heaps about, but he's kind of just okay. Ran for, what, 370 last year or something. We, you know, you just... I don't feel confident in this skill position players uh on the offensive side of the ball i don't know where the points are going to come from grant wells it'd be interesting to see how he goes yeah he's a really good quarterback he can spin it but i don't think he's got too many guys he can get the ball to so eventually this thing is just going to come undone defensively they've got a couple of dudes though dax holyfield who reminds me a lot of like brian cushing i remember him playing for the texans just like headbutting dudes with no helmet on and shit yeah he's a wild cunt yeah, always like getting done to steroids. Just like yeah, just <laughs> really jacked up on steroids, and then wait for it to leave my system, and then just get after it. He was a bit of a nutcase, but Dax Holyfield sort of plays hair on fire, sort of similar way. Um, and Alan Tisdale on the uh, the interior of the defensive line, but that's about it on the defensive side. Um, I think yeah, they get a soft schedule, so I could see things playing out. They go four and zero. Then they tie things up at four and four, and then they finish eight and four. Like I could see that, and eight and four with a brand new coach, you would definitely take that. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're closer to a six and six team. Um, there'll be some blowouts along the way, and they're a long, long way off the top of this conference. They got West Virginia early on as as part of those. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Is that at home or on the road? Not sure. Uh, I believe it's at home. Okay. I mean, that'll help, but you're right. This is a team in transition. So Brent Pry has come across. He's a defensive guy. So so he was highly regarded out of Penn State after looking after the defense there. And, and they're going to transition to what seems to be a defensive team now. And uh, I, I think it's interesting to see someone make that transition because we see a lot of offensively minded head gigs. It seems to be the way it, it's gone. So... Uh, I think it's good that they're trying to make a stand here and, and bring back some relevance to this Virginia Tech program. I'd, I'd like to see them start to build, but it, it is going to take time. It is going to be a longer build for them from that defensive side. I don't know where the points are going to come from. So I think they might get some immediate returns defensively and they're going to be quite stingy, but they're going to lose games uh, just purely based on the fact that they can't put up enough points. Uh, Grant Wells, yes, good get out of Marshall. He's another one of those quarterbacks that we talked about uh, right in our our first kickoff about how many talented quarterbacks there are across um, the the college football landscape this year. So he's definitely one of them, but I'm with you. I don't know where the sport's coming from. I think they're going to struggle. They're not going to score enough points. Agreed. Let's keep in state. Let's go over to Virginia. Uh, (laughs) I guess with, with Virginia, does does anyone actually care about Virginia football? <laughs> um, uh, uh, maybe. 
But if you don't, you probably should for at least a little bit. That'll be interesting for at least a little bit. And I'll give you a couple of reasons why. Um, Tony Elliott comes into town, takes over from Bronco Mendenhall. I think Tony Elliott's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's all right as an offensive coordinator coming over from Clemson. He's going to bring something different to the run game, which will be good because this team was completely devoid of a run game last year. And I I still find it interesting that Bronco Mendenhall couldn't get anything going at Virginia. He was like... He couldn't do anything wrong at BYU. And then it all... It just... He started off really, really well. In fact, they won the Coastal the first year he was there, and then it just went backwards. I'm going to say that Mormon kids are easy to coach. There it is. I've read a book that suggests otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, as we push on, uh, they bring back, and this is the reason you should stay interested at least earlier, you've got Brennan Armstrong in the quarterback position. He led one of the most prolific passing attacks in the country. In fact, they were number two across college football. They're going to try and run the ball a little bit more, um, and they're going to need to because they... They were forced to air the ball out all the time. The defense sucked, and they didn't have a run game. Uh, and again, I've spoken before, you've got to win the game in multiple ways. And their only way that the Hoos could win last year was passing the ball. <laughs> and this year, they're going to need the defense to make some plays, give them another way to win. And if that happens, if they can get a little bit of a semblance of a run game going and some defensive plays, I'm going to start to believe a little more. I will think that Virginia can actually get this thing done um, on a more substantial level. Uh, so, yeah, you should care, at least initially, until they lose to an FBS school or something. But, um, you know, they miss BC, they miss NC State, Clemson, and Wake Forest from the Atlantic in the crossover. So, the schedule is there um, to, to be able to get it done. But, too many moving pieces for me to feel like they're going to be anything more than pesky. Okay, yeah, I don't believe them. I, I think they're going to struggle this year. I don't see them going bowling. I think they have to replace every Gosh. offensive lineman, uh, which yeah, is just going to be tough sledding. I think the defense stinks, and, and I've got no reason to believe it's going to get any better. Uh, you're putting too much on Brennan Armstrong. They're just they're just not going to make it happen, so I'm, I'm not about the Cavs this year. Fair. All right, let's move to Louisville. Uh, so you've done got... the Atlantic, mate. No, no, no. I'm jumping all over the shop. in the chamber. You, yeah, well, th- this is another genuine contender. I guess the question is, with Malik Cunningham on deck, how genuine are they? Could they actually ride him all the way to the ACC championship? I, in previous years, I'd say yes. I don't think so this year, just with... To get through Wake Forest, to get through Clemson, to get through NC State, like there's two losses there probably, um, and he's going to have to be a one-man band. I think uh, he's a very talented one-man band. He can play the drum harmonica. He's got the little <laughs> like foot cymbal thing happening, but uh, I think again a bit like who did I mention last week? Tennessee making waves in recruiting, um, and as a result, people are believing that that's going to make that team better. Louisville doing the same, making some waves in recruiting. So people are like, oh yeah, they must be a good team then. Where the current kind of crop and the roster is not where it needs to be. Um, I think they've got a, a big range between their ceiling and floor. I think they possibly could go eight and four, but I could also see them bottom out and not make a bowl game. 
Um, they need to do some retooling across the offensive line. Receivers are a little unknown. Um, and I, I do believe in Scott Satterfield, the coach, for the most part. He gets the most out of a playing group, and I think that's a really underrated skill um, and often seen at this kind of middling group of uh, sorry middling power five slash group of five teams you see these coaches really excel in that space and he's one of those but um, down the stretch in games last year there was just the, all these untimely losses if they can flip some of those 50-50 games those coin toss games then I think the record looks a lot lot better and you could see that eight and four nine and three but it's a tough schedule and they could miss a bowl game. So I think it should be fun either way. I don't think they're making an ACC championship. Um, they could be a bit of a smoky though. Yeah, look, I agree with almost everything that you've said there. I think that this team could legitimately be the fifth or sixth best team in the Atlantic division and the best team, like, and still better than anyone in the Coastal. Like, I just think yeah. that's where they're at. And... Like I think they're kind of in line with your your Miami uh, on on that other side, but I just think that's the imbalance that we've got this year, and and that's it's a good segue to the other team that I think uh, will continue to compete even though they've they've had some loss in in Pitt. So they obviously took advantage of a down year in the conference uh, last year and were able to to take out the ACC. Uh, do you think there's any chance of this not being a team that operates on four-year cycles of success, will they be able to elevate themselves and and do it again, I guess? Staying up's really hard, though, right? Especially, like, most programs, you, you do see this kind of four-year, three-, four-, five-year cycle for some of them. It's a bit longer than that where all the things kind of fall into place for them. Yeah. Um, but it, And Pitt has been one of those teams that probably has those little cycles of ups and up and down years. And that's fine. Uh, I don't think this is it for them this year. You you can make arguments either way here. I think they're going to be down because it took maybe the best quarterback in the conference, certainly the number one picked in the NFL draft. Obviously not the best in the country, but... um, And what, a top five wide receiver last year who's probably the best receiver in the country this year and Jordan Addison... He's now gone, um, but it did happen. So should they be worried about Kenny Pickett moving on? Not really. I actually think Keaton Slovis may be better. Ooh, Ooh. cop that. So like, they're certainly not going to take a step back. He comes across from USC. Um, I don't think you see a dip on his watch. Um, and they return all five starters on the O-line. So there's nothing really outside of maybe some weapons they need to get the ball to. But you hit a big tick on the offensive side of the ball, I think defensively um they returned a defensive front that was second in the country in sacks uh Kalaja Kansi was a really really good player for them a menace on the outside big dude um the back end may struggle a little bit but if you look at the three lines on defense defensive line linebacker secondary they're good to great on all of those which is you know probably a tick as well so on top of that you've got the quarterback skill positions okay and o-line well o-line's great quarterback is if kenny if it's kenny pickett or equal to that's good to great and then skill positions are a bit of a question mark but you're two out of three there will they compete this year damn straight absolutely i think they could be in and around i don't think they win the acc but they'll be there and thereabouts for the coastal yeah, you, look, you've sold me here. I, I was really unsure on this pit team before going into this and just listening to that and, and kind of where they were at last year. I think 
you're, you're spot on. They don't have a huge amount of turnover. Yes, they lost Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. Anyone's going to hurt when, when you kind of have first-round quarterback talent and one of the top receivers in the country leave. But they, they have filled those holes. They do have a, a steady presence up front with everyone coming back there. They've, they've, they've done a great job of all of that. So I'm with you on that. I think this is certainly one of the contenders in the ACC and that um, there's certainly a good shout for them to be competing for that championship. That'll be a good team. That'll be a fun team to watch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's have some fun with Duke. Ooh. So, wow, they... Uh, <laughs> They are still a basketball school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is, there any, is there any chance that Mike Elko can turn this defense around for them? No, they're a real basket case, aren't they? They're the they're they the lost Vanderbilt. to Kansas. They're the Kansas. They're not even the Kansas. Kansas <laughs> got them. So, um, but it felt like they were competitive five years ago, yeah. and then they've just gone off a cliff. Um, Danny Dimes was there, and they were sort of doing some okay stuff. Uh, but it's it's really gone all sideways. Had Matteo Durant was their real big only weapon, enjoyable part of last season at the running back position. He is gone. There's no talent. There's no depth. And you've got a first time head coach. I mean, from can he turn this defense around? Absolutely, he can because they finished last in the country. So even like <laughs> a, a, a minor improvement means they don't finish last. Forty-six uh, points a game they gave up last year. Wow, it was rough. Wee. and it was like two years ago that Chase Daniel was turning the ball over eight times a game. <laughs> like it was just, it's been such a terrible run for them. They're in full rebuild mode. Get ready for basketball season. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I'm not going to pile on the poor Blue Devils there. Uh, tough, tough sledding. All right, we are rounding the last of it here. We've hit Duke. We've got Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. All righty. So, I, got, what, I mean, you, you can open up with Georgia Tech. How about you finish with them? Obviously... Um, you've got uh, a situation where you're moving out of the triple option. It's been three years now. You lose your number one running back. Where are you sitting with Georgia Tech? Well, I, how many years do you give them, I guess, is, is the question that I kind of want to pose to you as, as our ACC guy. That they've gone 9-25 and 25 over the last three years with Jeff Collins in since, since they've made the shift. Uh, where, how long does this transition take? Because both you and I have been preaching it takes time to move out of that. They, they need you know, a full cycle through. Is, is this a point where we need to start to see some progress? And, and what does that progress look like in your eyes? Jeff Sims has flashed some excellent play at times, but he's been inconsistent. He hasn't scored enough. He's turned the ball over too much from what we've seen there. Um, what what does success look for these guys, and and do you think there are any chance of kind of getting on that path this season? Yeah, I mean, tough tough sledding. I mean, he's gone nine and twenty five since his um, since his his him taking over at Georgia Tech. I think recruiting's been harder than maybe he thought it was going to be. I th- I think you know Atlanta has been such a, a hotbed of recruiting, and certainly been a uh, a spot where people have gone into. Uh, and and really had uh, a lot of success recruiting out of there. But Georgia Tech haven't. I know they've got hard academic intakes, so getting the players into that school has been tough. I think Sims is 
good. And I say that with a question mark because, yeah, he can run. Um, he, Like you said, he's flash. But to get some consistency in his play, you know, we just we just haven't seen it. We saw him do it against Florida State two years ago as a freshman. And he looked really, really good. And then he would throw picks all the time. So I just don't have any great confidence in him. Like we said, Jamar Gibbs um, has gone over to Alabama. So you lose... Um, you you top rushing him, and then you lose Jordan Mason as well to the NFL draft, and and he is um, a really really good running back that has has moved on. Um, you do get Hassan Hall over from Louisville, so there's some pieces maybe there on the offensive side of the ball, but the depth and the the talent across the board is just not there for the Yellow Jackets, and um, unfortunately. Uh, not only that, but you, you you have a tough schedule to start with. You've got Clemson, Old Miss out of conference, and then Pitt within the first five games, and UCF as well. So you could be one and four um, by that, you know, by that particular part of the season, and and then the seat the the wheels are completely off again. So no, I don't think they're moving forward. Um, I think it's really disappointed. I, I don't know why Jeff Collins hasn't been able to put it together. And could they be a tough team? Sure. But I, I'm looking at maybe three wins for Georgia yeah. Tech. Okay. And and if you feel sorry for Jeff Collins a bit in the situation that he's in because the transition is always going to take time. And it, this is just not something that where you're afforded a lot of time. Uh, in, a, in a Power 5 program. So I think... But I guess there that, just hasn't been that... Like, you want to see that improve. Like, you see you, coaches... You do, uh, you do. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, there's not a lot of precedence, or certainly not probably in our viewership time, of teams transitioning out of a triple option into, um, you know, a more conventional, more modern offense. But we're not even seeing, like, some... Compa- like capable offensive line play. We're not even seeing an improvement on the defensive side of the ball. We're not seeing them able to be consistent, consistently be able to run the ball. You know, there's just, they're not getting what they need from this experience so far. And, and I think, I, I don't think you move on from Jeff Collins, but the recruiting needs to take off and you need to see start seeing some results and it's not going to happen this year. Okay, let's bring this bad boy home. I have one more program for you. I have... The Syracuse Orange. Now, for you, who will be the next head coach of the Syracuse Orange after Dino Babers gets fired this season? Stiff. I like Dino Babers. Really creative, offensive mind. Um, but yeah, you know, it's seventh season there with the Orange up in New York. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I like how you. You're really writing him off early. I'm, I'm throwing him under. So he has won two or fewer ACC games in five of the last six seasons. Yes, but he did have some freakish seasons along the way. I can't remember who was the quarterback that they had there for a year and and uh, all things worked out for them. But maybe Garrett Schrader is the guy coming over from Mississippi State. Um, he wasn't uh, kind of the, in the Mike Leach style so much. Um, he's more of a running quarterback first, and and maybe he's the guy that can sort of keep them in games and, and slow this this offense down. And I know Dino Babies wants to go high 
up-tempo, lots of plays, all that kind of stuff. But maybe they're just going to have to look at doing things a little bit differently and maybe try and take the air out of the ball a little bit more uh, and, and try and hang around in games that way. I I don't know. They The defense was really good last year. If you want to you know pick something positive um, and they've got a really kind of young, they're really young and, and got some talent up front. But... I, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it either. I think, you know, again, another four-win team. Is that where we're at with, with Syracuse? Absolutely. And I think they have to be early. Their, their run home is brutal, and I don't think that helps. So they, they're going to really struggle to get a win in the last month and a bit of the season. So that will only turn the heat up on that and that's why mm. I'm quite confident in the fact that this could be his last season there I think Sean Tucker is the running back that they do have back who's been quite productive for them and, and they'll continue to ride him but they're essentially replacing everyone on the defense up front and, and it's not a great defense I've, I just have concerns about yeah, the oh, experience there that they're, they're just really going to struggle the, the, uh, yeah and this is not the year for Syracuse again um, they're probably one of the teams in the Atlantic that are really going to struggle uh, and, you know, Duke on one side, um, and then you've got Syracuse on the other. So certainly that is the case. Well, and they stand right out because we've talked yeah. about Atlantic and how deep it is. It runs right down, and then there's daylight, and then there's them there, where it's not so pronounced on the other side. Like, you're more likely to kind of jag um, one or two on that other side there. It's just, it is not panned yeah. out well for them at all. I think the other thing for Syracuse that's going to be hard is actually getting a coach into the school. Like it, it sits in a weird spot geographically. Um, again, more of a basketball focus than a football one. Um, Syracuse are definitely a team on the outer when it looks like conference realignment is coming. Indeed. All right, that brings us to the end of our ACC preview. Your pick for the conference, Will. Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Give me Wake Forest or NC State in a draw somehow. Ooh, but a like tie. those Yeah, a tie at the top of the conference. I don't know how that's all gonna work, but like yeah, give me give me something where they're both there at the end. Um all right, cool. We sort of agree that the Atlantic's gonna be stronger than the coastal and the ACC is gonna remain as one of the best conferences in college football. Fantastic. Um, you haven't made too many homoerotic comments this particular episode, so a little bit disappointed. Your um, your brand has taken a bit of a step backwards, mate. You need a lift. I must say the ACC just fails to turn me on. Oof. Oh, nailed it. Uh, all right. Uh, unless you've got anything else stupid to say. It has been a pleasure, my friend. Make sure you do check us out, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at CFB Down Under. On behalf of that guy over there, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Aaron, that is Will, and we will see you next time. 